are listening to an Atomic Broadcasting production. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the feature presentation. And remember, do your part, such as like, comment, rate, and don't forget to tell a friend to tune in for an Atomic Time. Now, where were we? Ah, yes. The party managed to escape with Trough and ask him for information. They learned that the Aridson family had major plans for a party in a month's time. Petite, stop sweating so much, please. I don't have my almonds. What? <laughs> Get. Almonds prevent you from sweating. It prevents Brennan Lee Mulligan from sweating. <laughs> and, uh, I thought it prevented Brennan Lee Mulligan from having like a diabetic episode. I thought I he was know. diabetic. I, maybe it helps. The team doesn't really know. Do you need a f- personal fan? I do. Jordy, can you not talk and just blow on me this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> or could you just get one of those really big like Egyptian pharaoh fans? <laughs> Uh, hey, I thought those were leaves. <laughs> I left well, that, yeah, that leaves. Can you fan me? <laughs> the giant palm leaves. Yeah. Do we? Uh, <laughs> just come over here with a plate from over there. Is it working? It'll just be wind and Michael's mic. I can't even feel. Oh no, I felt it. <laughs> what is that? Dominoes. <laughs> with a hot, uh, slight scent of Mountain Dew. Code red. Code red. Second Domino's best. with a code red chaser. Not sponsored. Yeah, yeah not sponsored. <laughs> unless. <laughs> yeah, unless. <laughs> hey. Wouldn't be Have we opposed. told you how much we love Mountain Dew here at Atomic Broadcasting? It's actually not a lie. <laughs> Aren't we here to play a game? I think so. I'm just here. Let's Same, play honestly. I just I missed you guys. That's been a I mm, petite that was threatening and I don't know. Don't <laughs> waggle your eyebrows at me. <laughs> they are Stop waggling. It. I think waggling is a good word for that. <laughs> Wiggle, wiggle. They're doing the mm. wave. Mm, it's too hot. <laughs> T- take off your outdoor shirt and let us see the, yeah, you the have wonderful. Like, I don't want to because then you'd have like a seven-inch diameter of pit sweat, <laughs> <laughs> and that would be more distracting than me fanning my we face. We don't judge here. I um, do. So, in case anybody's wondering, we do record these episodes a little bit ahead of when they're released. So it is summer right now for us. Yeah. No, we're just recording on location it, in wait, Australia. Wait, is it technically <laughs> summer? Yeah. Also, we have to throw in that we're in Missouri. I think so we've said that. It a does little well. Bit. I mean, considering the the weather thing, that ah uh, yes doesn't it's always help. The, it could be April and it could be ninety degrees. That's outside. true. It's the good old Ozarks. It was June one yeah. year and it snowed. Eels, yeah, Springfield, right. Missouri. Speaking, I have seen. Stop doxing people, Sam. <laughs> Speaking of May, there is no May in Galarian. There is, in fact, the month of Desnan. Woo! Which is the month that is coming up. Isn't the 5th of Desna when that whole bad thing's going to happen? It is. And that time is fast approaching. It sure is. It's tomorrow. (laughs) It's not tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is black. An empty quiet interrupted by the rhythmic dragging of chains. One sullen step into the darkness after another. The jeers are sudden and piercing. 
murderer, killer, deserter, kill him. These are repeated amongst a growing crowd in a small town. More than 50 people gathered around a stage in the center of their town. We look up to the stage through the people surrounding us to see a man wrapped in chains muttering to himself. I, I didn't kill her. Some, someone, someone took her. They took her, please. I, I need to find her. Need to be whole again. I, I, ah. The lawman gives a quick and decisive blow to the man's gut. He begins to speak to the crowd, but Hamir can't hear them. He doesn't listen. He cannot listen. Father. A gentle whisper drowns out the call for death. Hamir's eyes grow wide as he sees a young woman in the crowd. He recognizes his daughter, but there's doubt in his mind. Her bright hair is darker. Her fair skin is pale with dark veins marking her skin. The tattoo under her eye has overgrown like roots. Her eyes dark. As she steps through the crowd, a pale green mist begins to cover the ground the crowds call on. Whispers in a long-since-forgotten language drift on a foreboding breeze. No, not her. Please, not her. Hamir tries to pull away as he sees her garb, her dark, rusted armor adorned with the markings of Urgothoa, the pallid princess of the undead Hamir ward to end. As she stalks closer, he sees the scars of undeath, her face torn, her words come not from lips but bone. This is your legacy. This is destiny. Do not run. Do not resist. Give in. Rest. Oh, no. My oath may mean little to me, but my daughter, she... She, she means nothing. You don't care about her. Selfishness does not win a daughter's heart. Years of self-pity in an empty home, wallowing to prove your motivations. You only fear the truth. No. I, what, what, what truth are you... That she wasn't taken. She left. She left you and doesn't want you to find her. You truly were a father that drives love away. Do you think the people in town laughed when they received the letters you were sending to your dead wife? Don't you wonder why they never responded to let you know? Like moving in slow motion, the people begin turning to the rising fog. Screams begin to slowly rise on their faces. I'm... I'm going to save her, if, if you did anything to her. The ancient whispers grow louder, but Hamir understands what they ask. I did nothing to her. This is your doing. You're wrong. Something did this to her, and I will have vengeance upon whatever being seeks to corrupt Hertha. Whispers, I accept your bargain. Hamir stands as his daughter fades away. The people scream and move again, each of them focused on Hamir, watching his skin bulge. Something long, moving under the skin, pushing, trying to get out. And it does. Hamir sits bolt upright in his bed at the inn, a burning feeling of pain in his shoulder as this three-fingered ah. carapace appendage bursts ah. out. 
three-inch claws at the end of each finger, grasping at the air. And we cut to black. Can I take the opportunity to say gross? We cut to see Alward Volden sitting in what appears to be a sort of a waiting room sort of situation at the Copperbergit Mines. Alward, what do you have with you, like in your lap, on your person right now? Uh, right now on my lap is sort of just sitting my backpack. Uh, normally I would set it to the side, but I need something to like fiddle with. And uh, my the staff that I normally bring along with me. Gotcha. And as you're sitting there waiting, there's just like a door opening and this gnome pokes her head out through the door and she's like, ah, the master will see you now. Oh, uh, good. Um... And you sure this isn't too inconvenient for him? I know it's sort of, well, not impromptu. I asked about it a while ago, but, you know. Well, he's between things now, so he said it would be a good time to speak with you. Oh, good. Uh, I'll follow you then. I I need to get back to my own projects. And she's, like, putting back on her, like, oil-stained gloves and heading towards a workbench. And she, like, points down to the other side of the room. And she's like, you'll find him over there. I, I thought she was a secretary, and I'm gonna. I'm start, an apprentice. <laughs> I'm gonna start walking down the hall. As you walk down this hall, the workshop of Bran, the inventor dwarf who had first contacted you to get involved in this whole adventure to begin with, uh, you're passing by what appear to be half-finished projects, um, many of them using the same sort of brassish, copperish metal that the constructs that guard the mine are created out of. Uh, but as you're getting deeper and deeper, you're seeing more and more ambitious constructions. Uh, there seems to be something that we as the audience would recognize as like a primitive motorcycle. Uh, Alward, of course, just sees some sort of wheeled vehicle as he goes by. Uh, but you soon come across Bran, who is sitting on a stool, just kind of staring at this squat construct. It's only like six feet tall, which is much shorter than the ones that guard the entrance to the mines. Uh, but this one seems to be much bulkier and like far more imposing of a figure. And he's just kind of like munching on a sandwich as he's just staring at it in thought. Uh, before I... Um make my introduction to Bran. Can I try to roll to see what this construct could be used for? Sure. Go ahead and make a crafting check. 18. Ooh, nice. With an 18, you would recognize the structure of the arms and then like looking at the design of the hands of this construct and you realize that this is like a digging construct. Uh, Making something to help the miners? Bran, despite his focus on the construct, doesn't seem surprised at your approach and just like nods a little bit as he takes another bite, finishes chewing and is like, revolutionizing the way that the mines are run. That's what we do, isn't it? Men of intellect as you and I, and he turns to look at you. We revolutionize things. My landlord seems to think so. Uh, I have a a question and then a favor to ask of you. Of course. Ask away. What, and I'm going to uh, grab in the backpack and pull out the orb he gave me. What is this and why did you give it to me? Well, I mean, I, I think I know what it is, but why did you give it to me? And what do you think it is? It's something to power, and then I like point to the construct, like that, but maybe smaller. 
kind of nods a little bit and reaches into one of the constructions next to him and pulls out a smaller orb than the one that you have. And he's like, this is the crown jewel of my work. This is the secret sauce behind all of my constructions. It's what makes everything run. Just that one? No, these sort of things. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You might call them the power source. Now you seem like a very trustworthy chap. Don't shake your head at that, Sam. (laughs) That's, uh... I was wondering, uh, with your technical expertise, and hopefully I didn't catch you at a bad time, uh, if you could uh, aid me um, in making a staff with the one you gave me. Ah, sort of a spell-casting focus, something to help draw your power through the ether and channel it through that power source, I see. Kinda, but something more of like a traditional staff to like, you know, hold spells. I suppose it could work that way too. <laughs> but w- w- would that be a-, a possible... I don't know what why you... I-, I don't make constructs as far as I know, so I don't know what else to use this thing for. Well... I'm sure you'll find out as further on down the line you're a young man of promise and I'd like to help encourage sort of um, the blooming promise I see in you. So to that end, hi, let's sit down. Have you drawn up any designs for this stuff? And then I'm going to reach into my backpack and take out like 25 sheets of paper that are all different blueprints for the staff. And explain each one. This one I was thinking maybe if I were to do this, and this one I'm thinking maybe lean in more to this, and this is just some notes on how to, and like I sort of just continue to mumble on uh, as such. And as Albert is like showing all of the details on the blueprints and the diagrams and like showing notes and everything, the camera starts kind of like orbiting around the table, passes behind a support beam, and now we're like doing a close up on their faces, and we see the look on Bran's face as he's looking over everything, and he looks like really like proud of Alward in a weird way of like, wow, you've come along further than I thought you would kind of look on his face. And the camera continues orbiting and passes around another structure. And before we receive the results of this staff, Jenkins, I'm going to need a crafting check. Oh boy. Also, you're using our whole budget on my tiny scene. <laughs> I believe in you. Do it. Ooh, that's good. 25. Told you. Nice. As the camera finishes its orbit around that support beam, we see lying on the table in front of Alward and Bran this exquisitely designed, like, same copperish, brassish staff design. And perched, like, impossibly levitating above the head of the staff is the orb that Alward had been talking about earlier, kind of just, like, softly emanating a glowing light with a critical success on nice. your crafting check nice. once you've factored nice. in Brand's assistance on the crafting. Ooh. If you tried by yourself, you would have succeeded, but not critically. So, Jenkins, before we move on to our next scene, what new stuff does your staff do? Um, it essentially gives me additional spells that I can use. It's um, technically using the trait of force, so it is a force staff. For the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, with some other shenanigans, if you'll let me. But oh, shenanigans? that's not going to come into way later, because right now I think you can only cast one level one spell in a cantrip. So 
Uber, you've been in the area before. You're familiar with Tom Grove. Um, last time you were here, you had seen that the school was like in need of repair. They could have used more funding and stuff. Uh, but this time as you come by, it seems like things have slipped a little bit even further. Like the building itself is just in a sad state of condition and it really just seems to be a little bit odd because the rest of the town as you're approaching the school is like in much better shape and obviously better off. And you know, for a fact that Tom Grove recently struck, uh, mithril in the mines. So they should have the funds, but as you're approaching the school, definitely doesn't look like they're flowing here. This is very odd. I, I, well, the last time I was here, uh, the school was, wasn't the best, but the town was, you know, struggling a little bit. I, but I would expect that the school would be a bit more, uh, put together since, since there. I'm, I am surprised. I'm, it, it used to be much better school. Lena, Alward's sister, looks up at you and she's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's been like this ever since we've lived here. Jordy? <laughs> Jordy. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I did live there at one point. <laughs> and as Uber has a moment of horror wash over him, he realizes that last time he was here was probably before Lena was born. <laughs> I forget that I haven't been here in a, uh, I honestly, I don't know the last time I was here. Um, it has been this way for this long, you say? <laughs> well, yeah, ever since the company came into town, that's what they've been telling me. And I haven't kept up the school. That is one of the most important places in the town is where you teach the young ones and the children how to uh, the history and see and, and, and the skills necessary. It's how you build a town and they wouldn't uh, invest more into this. Cut to Albert explaining the company's plan for this town like a session or two ago basically being like they want to destroy this town and make it where everyone has to work for them hey, this is my town we cut back to <laughs> the scene as lena says alward says they don't really care about longevity well that is a good word longevity but that is preposterous why would they not want to worry about the longevity of a town that is so uh, prosperous as this one now uh, uh, I, I, I realize I am thinking out loud you you will not have the answers you are too young but it is foolish I think very very foolish and he, he's Lena nods and she's like yeah school's dumb and she turns to start walking away <laughs> <laughs> I expected you to like pop out with her giving him the answers from this little child no no school is not dumb I think the state of thinking about school as not being useful is dumb. But school is very useful. School is what got your brothers where he is today. At that, Uver kind of stops and thinks. School is what made your brother as knowledgeable as he is, young though he may be. School got Albert in trouble? Your brother is... 
Very intelligent. <laughs> for one so young. So you're saying if I go to school, I can go on adventures like Albert? I think is uh, a, a conversation that uh, you could have when you are more grown up. Uh, uh, perhaps maybe you can talk to your mother about this uh, many years hence when I'm not here. <laughs> and with a renewed interest in her education, <laughs> Lena follows Uber into the school. <laughs> Alward will remember this pops up in the corner of the screen. <laughs> so as the guest teacher, Uber, what sort of topics are you teaching the students? Uh, history and nature survival of sorts. Well, things to watch out for if you are out adventuring. <laughs> I know. So you're doing, you're doing the Stranger Danger presentation. I'm doing adventuring this. 101. Adventuring 101. <laughs> Always go into but, dangerous um, <laughs> Never split the party. <laughs> Actually, no. I, I will say this. It is mostly history, but it will be th- thrown in there will be my own experiences as I've seen this history or what I've come across and whatnot. So, yes, history is the main topic, but ad- kind of the adventure storytelling, because he's more of a storyteller, gotcha. um, will be... Uh, the vibe, so to speak. Gotcha. Go ahead and make a society check. Oh, boy. 20. Nice. Wait, what's your society? 10. Nice. Nice. And the lesson actually goes really well. The kids are, like, obviously interested and in paying attention. Um, definitely bringing in, like, your personal experiences to the stories or helping them, like, actually be engaged. And they really seem like they're learning a lot. And the teacher, who's, like, an older gentleman, is like, Thank you for stopping by and bringing us your own insight from outside of our small town. And I'd like to give you a little something as some thanks. And he hands over a small bag of money. Oh, I don't know if I could take this. I tell you what, if I... Uh, I, I realize that I, I don't want to uh, uh, negate your generosity, but this school, I think, could use this more than me. Perhaps for some new uh, writing utensils or, or desks for the children. Are you sure this is our budget for hiring in uh, guest speakers? Listen, I would like to donate it to this school itself for its improvement, continued improvement, and for continuing to improve these young ones here. He reaches out and he takes your hand, puts the bag of gold in your hand, and then takes it back out. Thank you for your <laughs> generosity. <laughs> Does that mean we get to fix the hole in the wall? I have to sit next to it. <laughs> he gets drafty. There's this one kid just like dressed and like really bundled no up. No one remembers about poor Diedrich. <laughs> it's so cold. Um, is there a fireplace in this schoolhouse? There is. There is? Is there fuel in it? Yes. <laughs> There's you diesel. Mean wood? There's diesel? <laughs> <laughs> no, you asked if there was fuel. No, there's there's wood. There's wood. Is it lit? Uh, it is. Ah. 
You accidentally light the totally schoolhouse on fire. <laughs> in the land of the Lunarum Kings, late April is still a good time to be having a fire in your building. <laughs> in the fireplace. Uh, <laughs> I like to keep my fire out in the center of the house. <laughs> really, they haven't it invented up. Franklin stoves yet. The Uver takes a look at that child next to the hole in the wall since that's canon now. <laughs> and he says, and he just looks looks at the the teacher and says, "I I think that uh, perhaps some structural improvements could be uh, useful." Man, you're really gonna go into this schoolhouse and just uh, like <laughs> talk about how horrible it is. <laughs> Nope. First, you get my there's, sister I mean, on wanting to go on an adventure. <laughs> now you're insulting this teacher. There, there's, there's more to this. Keep going. Of course, yes. Uh, we can finally patch that hole. And as Uver just reaches out a hand and produces flames to increase the fire a little bit. Oh, oh hey. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I thought you were just going to burn the school down. down. All of the kids just start like chattering really quickly. And he's like, now calm down, calm down. Uh, sir, we try not to use magic in the classroom. Keeps things a little more orderly. <laughs> telling me these kids have cantrips? Yeah, like 30% of the people in this world have cantrips. <laughs> <laughs> just little Jimmy running around with Produce Flame. Why? You see that? Like, what is that called? Like a Russian doll. The fear will remember this. But it's up there in the ceiling. That's what's lighting the place. I just cast light on that doll and stuck it in the ceiling. What? What? That's the light of my mother. What is happening? World building. Of of course, of course, and he dispels it, um, but made sure it stayed a little bit near the. the well, you've already really done it. Did you dispel the light or the flame? He dispelled the light. Obviously, I dispelled the light. If you don't like my magic, I'm taking it back. I dispelled the light. And I just kept my flame. <laughs> you will learn under the fires that um, I Actually, under. to dispel magical light, you need to cast darkness. Do on not it. worry. The hole in the and wall make a so I can still read. And we cut away. <laughs> With two bears hand on fire in the dark classroom. Oh my God. <laughs> Children screaming in the background. So, Uber, are you continue working with the school as like a guest teacher and you're... I will. I actually was going to talk to the headmaster or whomever. That's me. That's it? <laughs> yeah. It's a small town. It's a one-room schoolhouse. After school was done, right before I took her back home. All right. So you wanted to take me aside and talk to me after school? That's exactly right. <laughs> Am I in trouble, sir? <laughs> I've had my share of that. <laughs> Teacher, go right off and leave. <laughs> this is beautiful content. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> uh, what? What is? Why is the school uh, not being kept for like the rest of the town? Well, you see, the town itself has fallen in hard times in the last couple decades, and it, everything was uh, 
no, moving along slowly but surely, making things better, until the Infernal Mining Company swooped in. They bought up half the property, uh, took most of the means of production, and kind of just sort of consolidated it to themselves, and they're really bleeding the town dry. All the, the profit and the money that's being made is sent off south to Chelyaks. But the, the rest of the buildings around here are, are a little more upkept, but, but the schoolhouse... I mean, I know I was I was here a long time ago, but it's it's a bit of a you might call it a facade. If the town looks nice, then they can convince people to come and work here. But if you were to take a closer look, you'd see these buildings wouldn't last more than a few winters. But why not do the same with the schoolhouse at least? Yeah, schoolhouses don't make money. <sighs> the more I learn about this company, the less I like about it. I heard tell there's a young lad who used to work here, and he's starting a revolution against him. <laughs> it's Dietrich. <laughs> it goes by the name of Howard Bolton. <laughs> so, so that's why you were fired. Is that what you call what you did? Revolution? Is <laughs> that what I call it? They, they say he's gone off to Joel because things got too hot around here for him. He's moved his base of operations, but he's still keeping the fight strong. Uh, Uver quickly looks over to see where our sister is right now. She's burning down a field. She's part of the resistance. <laughs> Didn't you just say she left? No, I didn't. He said before he took her home. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> The headmaster looks over and he's like, That's your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Oh, wait, I forgot you were visibly very old. (laughs) Is that your great granddaughter? (laughs) And um, she is a, an old a friend's uh, sister. Um, thank you for the information. Um, I am sorry that the school has gone to this level. Uh, perhaps it will turn around in time. Um, but I, I do thank you for allowing me to teach today. It has been a while and I have missed teaching young ones. Uh, come along. Um, we we shall go back home, uh, young one. <laughs> Nameless In child. In the same breath as talking, I was. It sounded like you were talking to the teacher. Come along, teacher. We shall go back home. <laughs> well, he couldn't very well say her name. Nope. Come along, young Voden. <laughs> you could have said Lana. Her name's Lena. Lena. <laughs> Don't even know your own sister. It's written down somewhere. <laughs> Maybe they didn't have her introduced. This is why we the call this show The Written and the Lost. Because <laughs> you write things down and then you forget about them. Wait, 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 wait. Did she go to Sweeping 101? True. Is that her class? What? Sweeping, sweeping She's 101. She's been taking an elective in Joel. Because <laughs> she's learning how to sweep and go to market. How hard is it? That's what she did the whole hard. time. <laughs> Dust just she's keeps accumulating. Her she's getting her master's. Getting her master's in sweeping. At 12. 
as Uver heads away from the school, with Lena in tow heading back towards the current temporary residence of the Volden family, camera dollies out on a helicopter and zooms back in to see a small figure wrapped in his dark cloak as Zephyr is making his way down the alleyway. Pitter, 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 pitter. That's me walking, running, <laughs> limping. <laughs> Why are you I imagine you, Dara, to running, though. Peter, I imagine you trudging. Pattern, you know, pattern. To trudge. <laughs> Trudging is a good one, too. Hey, if they're going to put a hopscotch in the middle of the alleyway, <laughs> they might as well do it. So Zephyr walks down the alleyway, runs a little bit, Naruto runs a bit, does a hopscotch, and then kind of like limps a few more steps and stops at a corner. And there's another guy standing at the corner, and he's like, nice hopscotch. And that's their call and response. (laughs) What timing on that drink? What haven't you seen West Side Story? That's how they run. And the two of you aggressively snap your fingers to a darker part of the alley to talk. Oh, so I'm actually talking to this guy? That's that's the idea. You arranged a meeting. You hopscotched down the the aisle and everything. Well, haven't you seen the alleyway? It's it's made for it. So wait, wait. He pulls out a knife. You weren't trying to get information? Oh, yes, I was. Uh, ah, okay. You don't realize um, you have to establish a, uh, you know, a, a, a conversation before getting down to business. Otherwise, you may be talking to the wrong person. Uh, how's your day been? <laughs> it's all right. I... <laughs> Went down an alleyway, did some hopscotch. <laughs> I was there for that part. <laughs> That's all I've done. Yeah, I didn't do much else. Oh, I stabbed a guy. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. It wasn't a guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horse. I do not hurt animals. <laughs> I mean, I had a pretty rough day. Good, 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 good. Yeah. So anyway, what are, what are we looking at? How's the wife and kids? <laughs> well, you know, ever since I took up this new gig, money just hasn't been flowing in as well as before, and I'm really starting to rethink all of my life decisions. But enough about me. <laughs> what is it you want to know? How are these guys still in business? <laughs> okay, first of all, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, life advice. Usually... As an informant, you also has a have a day job. Um, <laughs> you cannot always rely on the shadow businesses. Informing isn't my day job. This is my side hustle. <laughs> so this day job is causing him issues? He's a janitor at the school. <laughs> <laughs> Things aren't going well. <laughs> you need another... You need another side. Let's That's bring the pitiful thing about this country. You can work two jobs and a side hustle and still not make ends meet. Are we bringing hustle culture into Pathfinder? It's always been there. Yes. We think downtime activities are. Oh, no. So, enough about you. Down to business. Um, 
so I'm, I'm going to keep my, my voice down a little bit because I don't want anybody to hear us, obviously. That's why we're in this dark alleyway. Yeah, right? just the two of us alone in this room. That sounds suspicious. Nobody listening, not even an audience. Oh, right. Um, what about that guy over Oh, he's drunk. Oh, well, it's just me, Diedrich. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they closed the hole. <laughs> Do you want me to play my flute? <laughs> Just imagining that's the school wall with the hole, and I'm looking through it. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's I left it open. And he like hangs there. a little curtain. <laughs> it was for the school children. <laughs> All right, I think this little charade has gone on long enough. What do you want to know? So, I have this friend. You may see him around town. It's a small town, and uh, he's asked me to. Get some information, possibly some leads, to help find his daughter. Um, and uh, I thought maybe you'd be the best person to talk to. Are we talking about Hamir? Exactly about Hamir. Are you familiar with him? He used to live here. I, I, I think he still does. <laughs> Am I getting this mixed up? I've lived here for like six years. <laughs> yeah, but you left and you've been kind of wandering around looking for stuff. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, the two oh, weeks is a long time. <laughs> also, I imagine this happening outside the window where Uver's teaching. <laughs> There's not a lot of buildings in this town to make alleys. Yeah, he used to live here about two weeks ago. Then he went off adventuring with some weirdos who came into town. Well, he's back now with me. Um, oh, really? The weirdos. I might have something to do later tonight, but anyway, what was your question? Uh. <laughs> if it's talk to Alward's mom, I, <laughs> I strongly advise you not to. Why are you just giving a shady person my name? <laughs> doesn't know you. <laughs> <clears throat> He's an informant. She used to live. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to her since I took up this job. You are very good at your job. I don't know if you I have a lot of information. I'll well, I do, mom. but I don't. <laughs> Everyone yeah. wants to talk to Alward's mom. Everyone wants to talk to my mother. Alward's mom. Alward's mom has got it going on. She's all I want, and I'm waiting for so long. Alward, can't you see? This is not the guy for me. I know it might be wrong, but I'm in love with Alward's mom. Alward's mom. So as far as I know, she either left of her own volition or... Well, actually, I'm not really sure. He doesn't give me a lot of information. He just says that he was a bad dad. <laughs> I mean, you gotta agree with that one there. I'm gonna need some backstory. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest. I mean, have you met the guy? <laughs> I mean, he seems pretty great to me. We're a lot alike. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Um... Might need a little bit more explanation on this one, then. We don't even really have the budget left for a ripple transition, so I'll just explain it here in the scene. Okay, so, you see, back when this guy went to the war, his wife was expecting. He's gone. 
fighting undead or who knows what he's doing there. Well, when time comes, baby's born. Wife, mm, unfortunately, she doesn't make it. So we all in town, not this town, next town over where I lived, we all took the kid in, raised her up as our own. When this guy gets back from the war, he's totally different. He's like a shell of himself. Doesn't care about of anything. Takes the kid in, but he just doesn't seem to care about her at all. Gives her the necessities of life, but he doesn't love her. It's hard. It's hard watching a kid grow up in a home with no love. But then, one day she just ups and disappears. You ask me, it was he that did it. He just couldn't take it anymore. You see, I, I, that's where I think you may be wrong. He keeps getting into everybody else's business, just asking where she is and if they have any ideas or... Heck, I think he's even trying to replace her in some places. Um, but I don't think that he would be acting that way if he had something to do with it. Well, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I think if that's what's going on, it's just a cover story. We took him out and we tried to crowd justice when his daughter went missing. And as far as it seems, it was just me and Hamir himself were the only ones to survive. What did you try to do to him? Hanging, lynching, whatever you want to call it. Man fought like a demon. I don't know what got into him. Took the whole town on by himself. Pretty sure that's called the will to live. That's what got into him. I mean, if that's what it is, the guy has more will to live than anyone I've ever met. Well, I'd like to take that will to live and turn it into a will to find his daughter. Do you have any possible information that could lead me to where she is? Maybe. If I tell you, is Hamir going to find out? Not until I find her. If I find her first, I'll make sure she's okay before I do any thinking about telling Hamir. After what you've told me, I think I want to make sure things are safe before then. Well, you seem like a good man. So I'll let you know. I've heard she's been seen around Joel. The big city down the road. Never been there. I'll have to, I'll have to visit sometime. It's a nice place. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't been. I know, me too. It's, yeah. it's... Yeah, you should definitely stop by, even if you aren't going to follow that lead I gave you. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks, DM. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Name dropping his friends and his mother. His friend's mother. No, I never been to Joel. <laughs> I don't know if any of that that part was actually on record. That's fair. This entire thing has been recorded by my stenographer. <laughs> Diedrich's not paying attention to Uber. He's just looking out the curtain. Hello, it's me, Diedrich. I'm just writing down what I'm hearing. But that's all I've got for you. And he turns and he takes the curtain back down. I think oh, it's time for wait. you to go. It's just so to see, just time to see this ball of fire <laughs> through the hole. <laughs> I wish she would leave the curtain. It's so cold. Curtains are expensive, kid. I'm hoping the audience finds this as entertaining as we do. 
generally people laugh along with other people, so... Technically, so though, how much are they going to hear? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Oh, man, I can hear our audience already. That was an amazing uh, rendition of the laugh in Final Fantasy X. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to do all might. <laughs> are you here? He is not here. Get at it. Wait. <laughs> don't I need to pay the guy? I assumed that that happened. Well, I don't know how much to give him. 90 gold. Hold on, dad, but bye. A reasonable amount of gold, given the fact that this is a downtime activity. Wouldn't that be like a two silver? Yeah. Two silver? I was going to give you like 15 gold, but okay, two silver. I mean, I'll take 15 gold. Two silver it is. That explains. Boy, that's like a day's wages for a janitor like myself. Oh. You're not supposed to tell other people your occupation. Everybody knows I'm a janitor, right, Diedrich? Oh, yes, it's true. Look, he's got his mop bucket. Thank thank you, sir. I don't even remember your name, even though I probably already know you. Anyway. It's for the best. I sink into the shadows. What was that? That's a a, a 21. I know it's not a secret check, but... He's gone. As Zephyr fades into the shadows and slinks out of the alleyway, his contact just staring, shocked at his disappearance. The camera again zooms out down the alleyway, and we find Alward standing off like on the edge of town towards the woods, just off like in a secluded portion of like pasture land and everything. And he's holding his brand new staff just kind of like getting used to the feel of it, getting ready to like pull it out at a moment's notice if he needs it. And just as he's getting ready to cast the new spell from his staff, he hears a voice. Alwood. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, did I scare you? Uh, Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah, I turn yeah, a little. It's fine. Many people don't expect a sudden Neros. It's fine. <laughs> sudden Neros appeared. <laughs> You'll never know when she's Neros. <laughs> oh. Neros Afaros, she'll always find you. <laughs> Were you just following me? No, I just happened to see you. I'm on the outskirts of town. Yeah, well, you know, I wander around uh, from here to there. Okay, uh, what? Hey, I, I got a new staff. Pretty. <laughs> What's that for? Magic. Uh, what do you need? <laughs> um, you said a while back that you could, you know, read this like something resonance, some oh. magic or whatever it is of my locket. Yeah, it essentially just allows me to read like um, emotions, like strong emotions that are tied to the object. I don't like to touch things because you'd be surprised what things have emotions tied to them. Is that why you don't use your hands? That's part of it. Uh, I once touched a fork and it gave me nightmares for about a week. From a fork? Yeah. That's... It was in the family for a long time. So could you... Oh, yeah. Would uh, you be willing? Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't know what you're going to get from it, if anything, but... Hopefully I get something. It's tied to your family. Yeah. It'd be weird if I didn't get anything. I mean, can you imagine not having any emotion toward... Anyway, yeah. 
It does take some time. Um, but yeah, let me. Okay, yeah. She takes it off and gives it to you. All right, and then I'm going to do the thing. Alward, as you're holding the locket and just kind of focusing your senses to try to like read back through the history that this locket has, the first thing that comes to your mind is you're realizing it's like connection to Neros and like the hope that she's poured into it. And then as you're like pushing further past that and like digging, like what more is there to this? Then you get like a deep sense of regret. And as you're kind of latching on to that emotion and pushing forward into that, a face kind of takes shape in your mind's eye and you see the face of a fetchling man. And the look on his face is one you've rarely seen before, but it's got the sense of like determination to make things right. So after coming out of it, do I see the face on the locket? And when you open your eyes, you do see the face on the locket, and it's the same face. Uh, is uh, who is this? And I sort of point to the. I'm assuming it's my dad. He was very sad and very determined about something. And I hand you back the locket. You you actually saw his face? Yeah, he looks like that, and I just point to the locket. No one else. No one's ever seen his face but me, apparently. But it's right there. I know, but it's been blurred out for everyone else. The fact that you can see it, that's... That doesn't make sense. It's. I'm aware. (laughs) You've seen it blurred out, haven't you? I don't know. (laughs) She never showed me the locket. This is the first time Albert has seen the locket, Uh, and he just immediately started focusing on it. Oh. Gotcha. Uh, Do you have any... I have time. I'm just trying to cast the spell from this staff. In fact, this would be a good... And I'm going to go ahead and cast the spell to make like a makeshift table. If you want to... To what? To like lay anything down. I can, we, uh, we can sit here and like I have time. If you have time. Do you have anything else? You oh, to? yeah. I don't like to do it typically. Cause sometimes it hurts, but like this seems important to are, you. Are you sure? Yeah. Because you said you got nightmares from before. I don't want to give you nightmares. That hurt a lot, but that's way I mean, it would be kind of funny if you got nightmares, but you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I pull out the letter that she has and she hands it to you. Oh, God. Could I read it as well? Um, sure. Okay. I'm going to read it while focusing on it. That's typically how reading works. Yeah, but that's <laughs> what I'm doing to focus on it is reading the letter. If she would have said no, I wouldn't have read it. To whom it may concern, wrapped in this blanket is a treasure unlike any other. We put her in your charge. Please ensure she is safe and well cared for. We trust her. Oop. I already messed up. We trust her to your care, as she is much safer with you than she would be with us. We choose to name her Neros, a name we pray you continue to call her by. Do not send her to an unloving home, as we deeply love our baby girl. Please tell her she is loved beyond all measure, and remind her she is destined for greatness. With deepest gratitude, Neros' loving parents. And as you begin to focus on the letter and try to like 
see through the emotions that's attached to it. The strongest emotion you're able to connect to is one of, well, there's, there should be one good word for it, but a fear of inadequacy, a concern that you won't be good enough to meet the challenge that's facing you. And as you're focusing harder and harder on that, there's something that just seems very familiar until the face that coalesces out of it is your father's face, Alward. <gasps> what? 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 They're siblings. No? <laughs> yes? What? What? Uh, Alward's just gonna. On the bright side, you two haven't kissed, so it's not weird. <laughs> 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 that just made the list. <laughs> what? Wait. Alan, I have your phone. Well, now I definitely have to talk to you anyway. Um, Alward is uh, upon is just going to drop the letter, sort of without thinking about it, and it's going to slowly fall uh, down onto his disc that he summoned. Um, and he's gonna look at you. Like, with just the most confused look. And then just, um... Uh, I, um... What? Are you sure that man in the locket is your father? I don't know. I'm assuming, but I actually don't know. Because that's apparently my mom next to him. R- right, um... I, I need to go... I need to go. But what? <laughs> uh, what I, do you mean you need to go? I need to go ask for... You can come along. Actually, I need to... I need to go talk to my mom. Why? We, um... Well, I... I, I, I saw my I saw my father's face. I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. What? I, I saw my father's face. Your father? Yeah. With the your father. Yeah. What does that? I, what does the that letter mean? Says, well, I don't see anybody who doesn't imbue the thing with emotion, so that means my father imbued it with an emotion of inadequacy. Like he wrote. I don't it? know. <laughs> Sister. What is happening? <laughs> Wait, but you're a fetchling. What? Well, I get. This doesn't make sense. No, I didn't. I actually literally didn't hear the word you said because I, I was putting my headphones back on. You're a fetchling. Yeah. I'm an Afrite. Yeah. My dad's an Afrite. Shouldn't you also? I if, don't know how okay, this so works. Okay, so I think we can rule out siblings. I think. Potentially. I don't know. I don't know. Jenkins, with <laughs> Alward's understanding of how Afrites and genetics and everything works, that is correct. Okay. So not your sister. No. Maybe adoptive. I don't know. Um, I just pick up the Maybe letter again and like hold it. I, I, I have no words. My father was very old, young for old for like human standards. He was very young for an elf, but um. Maybe he knew your father? Maybe, but that wouldn't explain. He could have been the one to write it for them. 
blank minds. Nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ask my mom. Can about I come with the, you? Yeah. Okay. Maybe she could see the locket. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's go yeah, do let's, that. Let's go do that. And as Alward and Neros head back into town, the camera zooms in ahead of them to the Volden house and up to the door. Are you gonna? <laughs> as Hamir walks up to the front door. I don't need to. I don't wait. It's not the Volden house. It's my house. It's <laughs> my house now. Hamir says, turning and arguing with the narrator. Hamir walks in. There's more Voldens living in this house than there are, oh, whatever Hamir's last name is. <laughs> because she's missing. Helvig. Okay, before we do this scene. <sighs> So while you two are agitatedly walking towards the house. That's more My accurate. desk is just floating behind me. Hey, Mary, you have just burst into the building. Or rather, you have walked in without announcing your I entry. walk in. Hey, Mary looks over at the children. Lena. Diedrich, wait outside. <laughs> what is Why did you bring Diedrich back? I, I didn't. <laughs> he just followed me. It's, it's been like a week since that. Oh, okay. Well, the way he made it seem, it seems like we are walking up as you were up there. A week since him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Lena le- runs outside with Diedrich in tow, and they leave the house, and um, Alward's mother looks up, and she's just like, is something wrong? I just, I'd like to talk to you if I could, and I figured these kind of conversations aren't great for kids to be around. <laughs> Uh, just uh, Uber. Uber. <laughs> Get out of here, Uber. You go play with the kids outside. I, I, I think I'm going to take my tea. You know, I think outside. I saw it. I, I think I saw a nice hopscotch by the school. <laughs> I am a bit old for that, but thank you. Uber <laughs> just walks out the door. <laughs> Is there anyone else in here? I think we're alone now. What was it you wanted to discuss? <clears throat> I. I, I had more I wanted to say last time we spoke when Albert said I had to leave. And her face kind of like hardens a little bit and she's like, I'm ready to hear. Because I'm looking, on one hand, I'm kind of looking for some advice. Also, I wanted to let you know, we moved a, it's been a week. We moved a trunk of your husband's stuff into the basement. So if you'd like to look through that, you're welcome to. <laughs> it was on my mind. I knew I'd forget. Sorry. <clears throat> I think I would like to look through that later. Yes. Um. We cut to a longer angle of Hamir just like awkwardly tapping his fingers on the table. <laughs> You and your family have gotten along pretty well, it seems. Yes. I, um, I, I haven't had as much luck with, with that. and I'm, I, I mean, I've seen you, you, you and your family acting like a family, and it reminds me of my time as a father, and it didn't go well and I am I don't know why um and I thought 
talking to you about family stuff might help. Hey, Mary, you're asking me for parenting advice? I don't know. <laughs> I had a, a dream last night. and or, I, I ha- I've had a dream that's been bugging me for a while. and I, I think might if I could just start at the beginning this might make things easier for me I'm sorry um, <laughs> when I was a boy <laughs> <laughs> when I was a boy <laughs> young younger when I went off to war I, my wife was pregnant with my daughter and I went to war I thought they were fine. I didn't learn till after all that stuff happened. And I got home and my wife had died. She passed away in childbirth. My daughter was raised by other people and well with the others in my life haunting me it made it hard to focus on being a father um, I told everyone I got that Tal Harpa of mine to try and connect with my daughter but she she got it for me and I never really played it till she left or t- till she was taken when she, she was I think she was taken from us when she was a few years ago and I'm trying to find her but before I find her I want to make sure I can be uh, better because I'm here and so many others aren't here so I should try to make the best of that and not be the way I've been but now everyone thinks I killed my daughter and a lot of people want me dead. Well, actually not many people currently want me dead. Um, that's kind of a confusing part of my life. Sorry. Um, hey, Mir, I don't know all of the details. It seems like this is a very complicated situation. But one thing I do know is that you never stop being a parent even when your children grow up and they move on on their own it you still want to be their mother or their father and I think that if you connect back with that part of yourself to be her father then I think that you can find who you need to be for her but uh, what if what if she just what if she didn't get taken what if she just left I mean is it even worth looking for her if that was the case I have spent a lot of my time looking for her it may be hard to hear but maybe if that's the case maybe you need to find her so that you can apologize I, I mean it I suppose I could try to apologize. 
I guess in a way it was partly my fault, even it mostly wasn't, but I'm worried things won't be different because I've still got all of this stuff and I've made an even bigger mess of my life since I last saw her, made a very bad deal. I don't know. Hey, Mir, do you believe that you could make her life better if you found her again? Well, of course. I mean, we'd be together again, so things would not be better than they are now. But would that be better for her? Well, of course it would. I mean, we'd be together, so it'd be better. And she just kind of looks at you. What? What? What What am I not understanding here? I'm sorry if, if I was prying too close. No, you're fine. And at that moment, the door flies open again, and Alward and Neros come through. Excuse me, could you wait? I, I just oh, sent the uh, others outside. So I could fantastic. Talk to hey, Mary, her. I need to speak with you at some point. Mom, I have some questions. Sorry, did are we into yes, something? Yes, I was talking. Thank well, you. Can it wait? No. It's no. pretty important. I don't really... It looked like you were done. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I could leave. I know, fine, just stay. Could you leave? <laughs> no, this is my house. We, we not the I, house. I the, don't know. Does he is he needed? <laughs> what? It involves <laughs> I, I look over at your father who looks back at me and is like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, what was not all coming back in? Wait, uh, didn't he know your dad? Oh, get back outside. I mean, he did, but it doesn't he only knew him during the war. It doesn't my tea is cold. You only knew him for He just shuffled to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Whatever. Um, anyway. What is going on? Um, Questions. So you, yeah, Questions are you, going you on. You know how I have that thing where if I touch something, I can like feel stuff? Did <laughs> you touch another fork? No, it's not the fork <laughs> this time. <laughs> the fact that that's a question that she has to ask. I'm sorry, do you have problems it's with hilarious. fork folding? I don't want to discuss the fork with you. Anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, she has a locket and a letter from her parents. Um, supposedly. Supposedly. Do you see the face? Can you show her? Yeah. And I open the locket and show, what is your mom's name? Valia. Valia. <laughs> my brain was like, it's nothing. Uh. <laughs> and I show Valia the locket. And she looks and she's like. Do you see the man's face in this? Or is it bled out for you? Uh, it, it's pretty indistinct. Okay. okay Interesting. So that kind of answers maybe some of the other questions. Um, Does that, it? I mean, kind because if we assume that the only people who can see oh, yeah. the thing are people who have already seen the man. That's true. Then Didn't Uver see the man? No. No. Isn't the woman's face burnt out? Too? No, it's just the man. It's just the man. If we're talking about the locket, I, I have not seen Are you here? He went to the kitchen. He didn't leave. <laughs> so you you guys like walked in and his your sister's there, so she's not at school, so <laughs> everyone's Who just here in this conversation. <laughs> I need to speak with you as well about taking my sister to that dump. Anyway. This is really more about Anyway, so you know how sometimes I see faces like with the fork and <laughs> <laughs> such a 
weird sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when I looked at the letter, when I the le- this this letter. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I saw my father's face. So, for background, this letter is supposedly written by my parents. I was left at an orphanage when I was a baby. This letter, I assumed, was from my parents my entire life, but I had him do his weird psychic thingy, because he offered to, and he saw his dad's face with the letter. Velia looks very confused. I saw her father's, what we presume to be her father's face with the locket. We, We know my father isn't her father because she's not, and then he like gestures to his crystalline moats all over his body, but did you know... Albert, I think it might be time to tell you what your father did before the war. And that's where we'll end this episode. Oh! But I still have to yell at Uber. All right, Jenkins, and what is your new hero point card? I got called foe. So I play this before I make a strike. I choose a creature, and then I gain a plus two status bonus uh, of attack rolls made against that foe. However, I take a minus four penalty to attack rolls made against any other creature. It lasts until the end of my next turn or until I critically hit the designated foe, whichever comes first. So yeah, uh, thank you all for this hero point. It's great to be back. Great to be here. Uh, I have to uh, go take a dog out. Bye. We will see you all in the next episode. No, not like that. This has been an Atomic Broadcasting production. Pathfinder, Galarian, and the Lost Omens world setting are copyright of Paizo. More information at paizo.com. Music in the show is from Monument Studios' collection, as well as assorted artists with some original tracks composed by Jordy Hake. More details in the description. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to share with a friend, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next time. I have so many emotions right now. Okay. None of them really that good. Keep them to yourself. <laughs> so you're saying if Alward were to use psychometric resonance on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that would like not a be fort. a good idea. <laughs> Did I not predict in episode one there would be laughter, there would be tears. It's and a free there action. would be being confused about how we feel. <laughs>